20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is going on, Packer fans? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Let's kick things off right away with transactions. Who does not love transactions? Packers made three of them on Tuesday. Let's start off with James Robinson, the running back, the former Jacksonville Jaguar. This is an interesting one. We It feels like we know for sure now that Patrick Taylor is not going to be back in Green Bay. They add a different running back to the practice squad in his place. If you remember, James Robinson was an undrafted free agent, had a, you know, a really nice stint in Jacksonville to start his career, really became the starting running back, was a really dynamic runner, looked like they got an absolute steal as an undrafted free agent, and he was going to go on to be really one of their, their core pieces on offense. And then he had the dreaded torn Achilles and he came back from his torn Achilles and was not the same at all. They end up trading him to the Jets. He really ends up not playing for the Jets almost at all. Then he signs a interesting contract with the Patriots this offseason and then gets released a couple months later. And then after that, he has a stint with the Giants, doesn't go according to plan, and just has not really been the same since he uh, ruptured his Achilles tendon. Green Bay is working on maybe a little bit of a reclamation project here, hoping that he can bounce back and maybe find a little bit of that juice that he had earlier earlier in his career. He's still young. He had, you know, one of the things that set him apart, there's a reason he was an undrafted free agent. It wasn't like he was the most dynamic running back in the world to begin with. It was a lot of vision and just toughness and running inside. And Green Bay's hoping that some of those things can come back. He was a really nice receiver out of the backfield. Like all of those things were evident when he was playing early in his career for Jacksonville. It just hasn't been there ever since he tore his Achilles. So like I said, this is going to be more of a reclamation project. He starts off on the practice squad. I know some are probably immediately thinking, finally, they're going to have somebody that's going to press A.J. Dillon and is maybe going to be able to take a little bit more of the load on. I wouldn't expect that, at least not to begin with. I would expect Jones and Dillon to be the running backs. I'm not even sure I would expect James Robinson to get called up over the course of the next couple of weeks. If I had to guess, I would expect it just to be the the first three that are on the 53-man roster, meaning Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Emmanuel Wilson, assuming that Jones is fully healthy and ready to go. And then I would expect James Robinson just to kind of take that initial stint on the practice squad and give Green Bay some time to kind of see what they have and see if he's you know back ready to play at anywhere near a level that he was prior to that injury. That's an interesting one nonetheless. Then... They go out and get an Anthony Johnson because they didn't have enough Anthony Johnsons on the roster already. Of course, they already have Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety, a rookie. Now they've got Anthony Johnson, the corner, also a rookie, 6'2", 205, a relative athletic score of 4.87, so a 48th percentile athlete, was a undrafted free agent this year out of Virginia. By the way, shout out and kudos to Paul Brettel for always putting these little snippets together on Twitter. He does a great job anytime Green Bay picks up somebody I like on the practice squad roster at Etc. Uh, but he had 2,347 career snaps at Virginia. In 2022, he had 58 tackles and uh, allowed 31 completions on 60 attempts, 10.3 yards per attempt, or yards per catch, I should say. Two interceptions, nine pass breakups, and played 328 special team snaps. Those, sna- those stats 
per PFF, easy for me to say. But an interesting pickup there. To me, they end up releasing Keandre Thomas. That was the third transaction. He was on the practice squad as well. This just feels like a, all right, we've seen Keandre Thomas for three seasons now. We know what we have in Keandre Thomas. The ceiling has probably been met. There's probably no more advancement. Let's get a new 6-2-205 corner with some special teams traits in and maybe see if he has a higher ceiling or he can amount to something in the next season or you know, however long he ends up on the practice squad, see if he can make it to training camp next year and kind of go from there. But an interesting player coming out, has the great size, has the special teams prowess, We'll see what he can make of himself and if he can get sort of in that special teams conversation, you would expect that's where he would maybe get called up first. We've seen them do that with Ennis Gaines. We've even seen them do that with Keandre Thomas. So there's always an avenue there if you can make your way on the roster via special teams. That will be where Anthony Johnson has to find his role first. And in the meantime, we'll all have to get confused at the fact that there is an Anthony Johnson and an Anthony Johnson Jr. on the roster. And like I said, the final roster move was releasing Keandre Thomas from the practice squad. Hopefully he He's able to find a spot somewhere else. Like I said, he has been with this Packers team in some capacity for the past few seasons, usually on the practice squad or in training camp with the team. And, uh, you know, it was always a player that... You know, never really got that cult following, you know, like uh, even, even like some of like the KB and Entos and other, you know, sort of famous practice squad corners, Lindsey Pipkins, we could go on and on, but just kind of did solid work and had that special teams ability, uh, but just never could make his way really up until the active roster. And like I said, hopefully he finds his way onto another team's roster or practice squad. All right, let's get to our main topic for today. And that are that that is the 10 Packers that it's sort of a now or never sort of situation. Before I get there, I want to give you a little inside baseball here. When you do 365 episodes every single year, and on some days, multiple episodes, you've got multiple guests, you do radio hits, you do all this sort of stuff, you go on other people's podcasts, sometimes, sometimes you forget what you've all talked about in those past 365 days. So my idea today was again, to go over which players were, it's like now a now or never situation where either it needs to click right now, or it's never going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, they may not be Green Bay Packers for very much longer. And I put my list together and I'm going to give you the spoiler version of the list first, and then I'll go through it one through 10 in a little bit more detail. But my 10 are John Runyon Jr., A.J. Dillon, Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, Josiah DeGuara, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Joe Barry, Sean Ryan, and Jordan Love. And I'm putting all my notes together for this episode. And as I'm finally going through it, right before I'm about to hit record, I'm thinking to myself, I feel like I've done at least a similar version of this episode in the past. So I'm going through all my notes and sure enough, back in May, I did an episode of which Packers were on the hot seat in 2023. And let me know if this list sounds familiar. My list from that, my top 10 people were on the hot seat in 2023. Joe Barry, check. Jordan Love, check. AJ Dillon, check. Josh Myers, check. John Runyon Jr., check. Yash Nyman, check. Darnell Savage, check. Uh, and then Josiah DeGuara, check. And then I had two other categories. I had Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, Aaron Jones, and David Bakhtiari as a collective group, as like these veterans who could potentially be in the last year of their deal and kind of need to show themselves if they're going to get, you know, at least be able to stay on their deals in 2024. And then I had Razul Douglas as one as well. Now, the veteran group 
Devondre's been hurt. Preston hasn't been great. Jones has been hurt. Bakhtiari's hurt. I'm not sure I can put any of them on the hot seat right now uh, because, again, Bakhtiari's out. Jones is still Aaron Jones. Preston, maybe I could put on there. Devondre, again, has been hurt as well. But I decided, I mean, I didn't even know that I had done this previously, but that's why I didn't go with any of those this time around. And then Razul Douglas is the only one on that list that is very clearly, very, very clearly worked his way off of that hot seat. He's having a phenomenal start to the 2023 season. And then I realized that I had done that episode and eight of the 10 people were the exact same people on both of the lists. And I got to thinking of like, and I know this is super inside baseball here and you probably don't care, but I start to think like, all right, do I even do this episode? Should I just go in a different direction? But what I figured I would do is sort of kind of compare and contrast, at least go sort of through a progress report is, all right, those were my 10 that were on the list back in May at, in, you know, not even training camp yet players that were on the hot seat. And it's really interesting. Again, I didn't like go back ahead of time and be like, all right, here are my 10. Who's still on the hot seat now? I made my list first right now. And it just so happened that eight of the groups or eight of the players slash coaches were the exact same eight that they were in May that they are now. And again, I figure we could kind of use this almost as a progress report. So number one on my list then was Joe Barry. I don't have him. I didn't have the list in a specific one to 10 order. Then I don't have it in a specific one to 10 order now, but I still obviously have Joe Barry on that list. I've done a full entire episode on should they fire Joe Barry or anything like that. And I'll say it again. I think as of right now, that's not the move to make. You can make the argument that the defense is the group that probably might just need to pull this sort of Packers team with them right now. They've had three pretty good games. Yes, against some really bad offenses. They've had some very bad moments. I hated, hated, hated the commentary this week from Joe Barry that they basically said they didn't have a check for the situation where Preston Smith was on Devontae Adams. That is completely inexcusable. And I will give him a small modicum of plausible deniability that maybe, maybe he's just covering for his guys and saying, yep, I, that's on me. It did not feel that way at all. So I do not want, and I've said this multiple times, I don't want to be the guy with the Joe Barry banner. I don't, I have no interest in bearing that burden. I'm just telling you, based on what we've seen so far, I do not see a Joe Barry in-season termination coming. Things could get worse. And if things get a lot worse, sure. But they had, you know, the last couple of weeks were like where it was the bye week and you had basically the extended, you know, time off with the Thursday night to Monday night football. If there was going to be a time ever to do it, it was probably in there. And, and either fortunately for him, unfortunately for those who wanted him terminated, the, the team didn't perform poorly enough in order to make that happen. By the way, the Packers are facing the Broncos this week who gave up 70 in a game and have not fired their defensive coordinator yet, much to the chagrin of their fan base. And yeah, I'm not saying things can't get worse. I'm not saying that things can take a turn along the way. I just don't expect it to happen this season. But that doesn't change the fact that Joe Barry is still on the hot seat in some capacity. You have to think that this is a kind of prove it season for him. I don't know if you told me right now that the season ended today, I don't know what they do with Joe Barry. I really don't. And I can I can tell you without even being able to hear you or listen to you or read your comments yet in the comments, I can tell what you guys probably want to do. I, I 
listen, I, I'm probably at the point of like, you know what Joe Barry is at this point. It's kind of like, I don't know, who do we want to use as a player? Uh, it's probably, it's kind of like Darnell Savage. It's kind of like Darnell Savage. There's some moments where you're like, oh, that's a competent, good safety. There's other moments where you're just like, all right, I am done with this. I am ready to be done and over. I know he was highly thought of at one point, but this is, all right, we can move in a different direction and go to a different safety. And then there's another moment where you're like, oh, there's that first round pick showing out again. And then it's back and forth. But you just sort of know what Savage is at this point. And you're probably, it's time where you start looking for an upgrade. I think the same could be said for Joe Barry. There's moments where you go, okay, that looks like a competent defense. And even though maybe it was not the greatest offense, like that looks, that looks solid. It's not like a fireable offense. And then there's other moments where you're just like, they don't have a check for that. They're in, you know, how many people are deep on third and one? Like we know all the situations and scenarios. So I don't need to rehash them here, but Either way, it does feel like there is, this is still a referendum in some capacity on Joe Barry this season. I think I think if he's outside of the top 20 in defense, that's probably it. If it's like lower half, like 17 to 20, it gets interesting. I think if he's anywhere in the top half of the league, if it's anywhere from 1 to 16, he's probably safe. Make of that what you will. I'm not supporting it or going against it. I'm just saying, I think if he's in top 16, he's probably safe. But like I said, either way, this is still a season where he has to prove himself, in my opinion, because the last couple seasons were not good enough on the whole. And like I said, I think you know what you have in Joe Barry. And when you have a eh to bad defensive coordinator and defense, you're always looking for that next guy. You're always looking for an improvement, a spark, something. And there might be a little bit more fire under Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds if things don't get turned around this season. And when that happens, you start making some changes and try to get some quick answers. Defensive coordinator could be a situation where they look for some quick answers there. So that was number one on my list in May, and he was still on my list this time around. The next person on my list in May was Jordan Love, and he is still on my list this time around. Now, let's be crystal clear here. When we say it's now or never, it is not now or never right now with Jordan Love. But this season is still a huge opportunity for Jordan Love either way. And what I mean by that is if he goes out and has a really good rest of the season, you're probably looking at a significant contract extension in front of you with the ability to sign that with some big money, some big guarantees this offseason. At the same token, if these last couple games are more indicative and Jordan's accuracy does not improve and we start seeing two to three interceptions per game, you're legitimately in a spot, especially where Green Bay could be picking in the draft next year if things don't turn around, where you at least have to consider quarterbacks that fall to you in the draft or maybe even going up to get one just to give you another option. And that is the wide breadth of possibilities for Jordan Love for the remainder of this season. Really good means potential contract extension and huge guaranteed money. Average means we're not going to take a quarterback in the first round. We're probably going to give you one more year. We're probably taking someone at some point just as at least a lottery ticket. And we might start accumulating draft picks in 2025 just in case, just to kind of give yourself some options. And if he's terrible, like I said, First round pick 
at quarterback is on the table if he's really bad the remainder of this season. That, again, is the wide breadth of possibilities for Jordan. And that's why, like, it might right now seem ridiculous to be like, now or never for Jordan Love, can we give him a hot second? I'm with you. I want to see him longer. I want to see him succeed. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. But they're going to have to really evaluate the rest of this season to make that determination because putting that final stamp of approval and saying he's the guy, he's the franchise, we're going to give him a big deal, that is a big, big move for this franchise. And they have to make sure that they get that right. And a lot of times GMs like to give themselves outs just in case. And there could be a world. Remember, Ted Thompson, and I know it was the year of, but Ted Thompson brings in Brian Brom, I think a top 50-ish pick when they drafted him in Aaron's first season. They could do that again with Jordan Love next year. They could take a top 50 quarterback next year. Would not be super surprising. Wouldn't it be something too if they use the Aaron Rodgers pick on a quarterback? That would be another just layer to that juicy K, you know, uh juicy um, you know, possibility, I guess I'll put it that way. But yeah, that that's where I'm at with Jordan Love. It's just it's not right now, now or never. But you don't know how many of these opportunities you're going to get in the NFL. In this season, it can be a now or never, depending on how he plays the rest of the year. Number three, again, back in May, was A.J. Dillon. He was the second person on my list this time around. And again, it's not in any specific order, just as I kind of thought of it. But it's, it is literally now or never for A.J. Dillon. I, th- I would have thought in a contract year with some massive opportunities to be the guy with Aaron Jones out, that Dylan would have had a real opportunity to make the most of that situation. Not ideal conditions. You got a first time starting quarterback. The offense has been a struggle. The offensive line can't run block at all. Not many running backs would have been great in that situation, but I don't think Dylan was good even in the opportunities where he was given an alleyway, a cutback lane or whatever to work with. It just wasn't good enough from Dylan. And it's certainly disappointing. And there's a lot of season left for him to bounce back from that. But if he wants that next contract in Green Bay, he has the rest of the season to go out and prove himself. Or just if he wants that big contract from some team next year, he has the rest of the season to prove himself. This is a big remainder of the year for AJ Dillon. If he doesn't show more, that probably signals the end of his time in Green Bay. And it's going to be tough for him to find any legitimate you know, market in the free agent market. And we all love AJ. There's no question about it. Mayor of Door County, all of it. Like he, it's, it, he's, it's, he's been awesome in Green Bay. He's been the consummate professional. You know he wants to do better, but he needs to show it out on the field. Unfortunately, games are not won and lost off the field. They are won on the field. And right now, AJ Dillon's just kind of going through one of those stretches. And we've seen it from other players. Sometimes you just have a dip in confidence, whatever it might be. We're all hoping that AJ has that next step in, in confidence and just kind of bounces back the remainder of the year. But it is an now or never for his time in Green Bay. So many of you probably know that Damian Lillard was just traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. And as soon as I found out, I had to get opening day tickets immediately and I will be there at that game because I use game time and even got to use code pack a day for $20 off, which made it even more sweet. The process was so insanely simple. They have these flash deals and you can click on the different areas of the stadium to see which prices are available. You can see the actual view of the seats. It was hassle-free and just super, super simple. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals as well. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. 
event. Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The Game Time Guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without all the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Number four on my list then was Josh Myers. He was the sixth person I thought of this time around. It's the same thing. Like we have seen the exact same Josh Myers experience all of last year and all of this year. It's not good enough. It's not certainly good enough from a run blocking standpoint. Past pro, there's moments. And like I said, for a while now, there are moments where you watch him and you're like, all right, this is a capable NFL center. But those moments are few and far between. And more often than not, you're just constantly left wanting more in any level of consistency. He has another year on on his contract right now. So he's under contract in 2024. This is one of those things too, where he's okay enough right now where you're probably thinking, all right, do we want to try to move some pieces around and do we maybe want to go in a different direction? You're probably just keeping him where he is, but that's a level of player that you're constantly looking to upgrade. And next year, I guarantee you, they're going to be very active at offensive line, maybe even in free agency, but definitely in the draft. And he's going to have to fight for his spot. It's been tough for Josh, and I don't see this changing. It is a now or never of like, can you live up to your second round billing at center? Number five on my list then was John Runyon Jr. He was number one on my list now. This goes hand in hand with unrestricted free agent, kind of what we talked about with A.J. Dillon. I thought that he had a real opportunity to go in, have a fantastic 2023, get a huge contract in 2024, show that he is the legitimate starting right guard in Green Bay, that he could be a decade long guy and go out and get that huge contract. This is probably the worst I've seen Runyon play. He has had the injury the past couple weeks. It hasn't been massively different than where it was those first few weeks prior to the injury. I just really want to see more. And I've been a huge Runyon guy and even said that I thought he could be a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, I'll just take the L on that right now, I guess. I just want to see him be a consistent average NFL starter at this point. He has not been that. It's been really disappointing. And if he, again, wants to stay in Green Bay, get that big contract, it is now or never for him as well. Yash Nyman, number six on my list. Unrestricted free agent. 
if you cannot figure out a way, if, if Yash Nyman isn't getting his way on the field right now with this offensive line, it's probably just never. And what I mean by that is this offensive line can't do their job, not as run blocking and pass blocking's gotten worse. If he can't beat out Rashid Walker or you know even some of the interior guys, if you can't make a case that it should be Yash Nyman at right tackle and Zach Tom kicked inside, especially when some of those guys were out like Elton was out, then it's probably just never. It's probably not going to happen. And they're probably going to move on in the offseason. And they probably erred in giving them that you know restricted free agent tender and paying them over $4 million this year. It needs to be something where Yash Nyman is more in, in the conversation. If they just think that Rashid Walker and even Royce Newman have been better than to get Yash on the field somehow, that's an indictment of Yash. And it is going to be a now or never for him as well, because this offensive line needs to get better. And if they don't trust him, and we heard from Stenovich earlier this year, where they expect a lot more from him, it's probably going to be end of the line for Yash Nyman in Green Bay at the end of this season. Number seven on my list in May was Darnell Savage. He was the fourth person I thought of this time around. There have been, there's been an improvement from Darnell Savage. There hasn't been an improvement on his skill set. He's the same safety. The same deficiencies that he had from a tackling standpoint, taking poor angles, not reading the play correctly, all those things are still very prevalent on tape in 2023. There's some clearly some good stuff too, you know, that, that he's always done well. You know, he does have good speed. He can, he, he does have good range. All of those things can be true. He can cover okay at times. It kind of comes and goes. He's always been a pretty good robber, although I will actually say that I think that's gotten worse this season. But overall, he's the same player from a skill set standpoint. However, the effort and intensity has gotten much, much better. When he's making mistakes, he's making them fast. And you might say, well, he's still making the mistake, which I would agree with you. But Matt LaFleur always says, if you're going to make a mistake, make it fast. He's playing aggressive. He wants to do his job well. You can tell he's really putting everything he has out on the field. I can make the argument that it's still not good enough, but I really do appreciate the effort that he's putting in this year. The last couple of years were really, really tough to watch. This is a struggle at times just because you're seeing, all right, even with the effort, it's not fully there. The Any thoughts of like, you're, maybe you can still get something of value out of that first round pick that you invested in picking up the fifth year option are probably gone. This is probably it for Darnell, but at least he's putting the, the time, effort and energy in, which I do really appreciate. But you're always looking for an upgrade if they're not if they don't have the skill set that you're ideally looking for, and that's why for him, even though that he's really giving it his all, and like I said, I really appreciate that. It just needs to be better, and I don't know that it's going to. I think this is just who Darnell is at this point. I mentioned before, number eight on my list before was the collective of veterans: Campbell, Smith, Jones, and Bakhtiari. They were not on my list this point. Bakhtiari is just a whole injury issue. Jones has been hurt, and we just don't even know what he is in 2023 yet because we only saw him one game, but he looked the same. Preston's basically been the same that we saw in 2022. Campbell, again, also been hurt. So just tough to really gauge any of those players. As I mentioned, number nine on my list before was Razul Douglas. He's had an awesome start to the year. Did not have him on my list at all this time. And then Josiah DeGuara was 10 on my list last time. He was the fifth person I thought of this time. And it's the same thing, right? There's just a limited value that he brings to the team. I appreciate that he's kind of being the unselfish glue guy. He's not the guy that's going to get a ton of the glory or anything like that. 
there's just a limited amount of value. He's not a big time mover in the run game. He's not a playmaker in the passing game. And yeah, there's there, there's certainly some usefulness to him as like a, a role player. As a third round pick and a guy that's an unrestricted free agent, you were just hoping for more and you needed to see more. And we just haven't seen that from DeGuara. And Green Bay will have to make a decision if they can get him back on like a minimum deal. Sure, that's a possibility. But I just think Green Bay is going to probably look to go in a different direction there. So if he wants to stay in Green Bay, make a name for himself, I'll use the same cliche. It is probably now or never. The two new people on my list this time that I did not have on my list last time were Royce Newman and Sean Ryan. And this more has to do with with Royce Newman. You've been given every opportunity to stick around when everyone thought you weren't going to be able to stick around. You got starting opportunities this year. Like if if your next game that you get in the game with, you still struggle, like what are we even doing anymore? Like you you probably should be out of chances entirely at this point. Any other chance that you get is a major blessing. If we don't make the most of it at that point, like again, what are we even doing here? It's it's a extreme, extreme now or never for Royce Newman. And then the other one is Sean Ryan. And kind of just in the same vein of like, if you can't beat out Royce Newman for the backup spot, much less John Runyon Jr. or, you know, even Josh Myers, who are really, really struggling at this point, and you were a third round pick just last year. It's hard to say now or never for a top 100 pick just last year, but we've seen Green Bay move on from these players, Amari Rogers, Kamal Martin, just to name a few in the past. If you can't get in the rotation, if you can't get in the conversation for being in the rotation with this offensive line, that's not a great sign for Sean Ryan, and it might be a now or never for him as well. So just to sort of recap my group of 10 back in May for Packers on the hot seat, Joe Barry, Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, the group of veterans, Razul Douglas and Josiah DeGuara. My group of 10 this time that I put together, John Runyon Jr., AJ Dillon, Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, Josiah DeGuara, Josh Myers, uh, Royce Newman, Joe Barry, Sean Ryan, and Jordan Love. Not too much different. Not much has changed. Great job for Razul Douglas for really being the one that earned his name off of that list. Everyone else kind of has stayed the same and unfortunately has not taken that step forward. That's going to do it for me today. Huge shout out to our All-Pro and Hall of Fame members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wild, Shabra Dad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Lori Lord, and Donald Lee. Make sure to check out those Pack-A-Day podcast memberships. Hit that subscribe button if you have not already. I will see you guys tomorrow. Until next time, and as always, go Pack Out.